Hello and welcome to episode 77 of the Bat Flip Crazy podcast, where you'll always find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis and strategy. I am your host, uh, Toby. Uh, Today, I'm going to be taking a look at seven hitters and three starting pitchers that folks expressed an interest uh, in learning more about um, on Twitter. Uh, So that should be uh, pretty fun. And then also taking a mailbag question uh, related to which injured starting pitchers to try to stash um, moving forward. So a a short podcast, but uh, hopefully one that sheds some light on some of the players that are making headlines for either good reasons uh, or uh, bad reasons. Um, I apologize again, you know, it's just been tough for me to uh, get the podcast up and out a couple times a week. Um, I was sick earlier this week, which was not Uh, That was definitely not enjoyable, although it did result in me one day going to bed. I went to bed at 8 o'clock at night, and I woke up the following morning uh, at a little after, at 6.30, I think. And 10 and a half hours of sleep, my God. I can't even remember the last time I got 10 and a half hours of sleep, but I felt, well, I actually didn't feel feel wonderful. I I I I was still hurting. I got like food poisoning or something. Um, it's just like a one day thing, but, um, I was still hurting, but man, that, uh, 10 and a half hours of sleep. I gotta, I gotta try that. So anyways, um, I will try to keep on getting the podcast out at least, uh, once a week. If you do have any thoughts or ideas for, um, topics to cover, uh, I feel like this is a little bit of a slow time of the year. where kind of like, you know, all the new kind of good players are kind of settled, settled in and we're trying to kind of feel okay about them and you know now the prospects are starting to come and that's driving a lot of the interest and attention and you know I don't focus necessarily on prospects I think there's a lot of folks who who do focus on them that are really good folks that you can look to um, to learn more about uh, about those guys Um, but you know uh, so I feel like it's a little bit of slow time but I feel like in June it starts to pick up you know a little bit more uh, as rosters start to churn a little bit and some guys start to get opportunities that maybe weren't and there's clear you know teams that are outside of the playoff race teams that are inside the playoff race we start to see some movement in terms of trade so um anyways if you have any ideas uh for future podcast episodes definitely let me know whether that's just a single player you want me to cover or if you have a certain theme uh that you would like me to get to all right um if you do enjoy the podcast please do go to itunes leave a five-star rating and review um always do really really appreciate that and especially those um, reviews it's always fun to read those and hear about folks who hopefully uh, are enjoying the show enjoying the analysis uh, for sure the best place to reach me is on twitter at batflip crazy uh yeah, that's the best place to reach me. That's where I'm most active right now. So hit me up there. The website is batflipcrazy.com. All right, let's hop in. Seven hitters, uh, three pitchers. We're going to go over, over some interesting uh, names um, and then uh, answering one mailbag question. And then that is it for the show. All right, let's get this party started. First up on the podcast, we have Garrett Cooper. Uh, Miami Marlins outfielder. He has been batting second primarily for the Marlins um, since returning from a couple of injuries. Just the guy's injury luck has not been great over the last couple of years. Uh, 167 batting average, 286 OBP, 
three runs, one home run, three RBIs, zero stolen bases, and 42 plate appearances. Now, he did hit uh, his second home run, um, and so, um, you know, that those those numbers, at least the batting average slightly, and uh, that home run total has doubled. Um, O-swing, 36.6%. Um, since Cooper has only had 42 plate appearances this year, I'm also kind of comparing that 42 plate appearance sample with um, his 125 plate appearance career sample. O-swing at 36.6%, career at 35.5%, so pretty much in line there. In-zone contact rate at 80.3%, uh, better than league average, 81.3% over his career. Overall contact rate at 81.3%, uh, 76.4% over his career. So right around league average when it comes to contact, slightly worse than league average in terms of plate discipline. His hard contact this year at 54.2%. Uh, that's much higher than his career average at 36.4%. And then the ground ball is a nice small sample size, 70.8%. Uh, uh, career, it's at 54.5%, and that's just something that's important to note is when you look at Cooper, uh, even during his minor league career, um, he was at least um, uh, at league average in terms of ground ball rate, if not higher um, in pretty much all his recent seasons. And so that's just something to note. You know, he's not or he hasn't been uh, traditionally uh, this high fly ball guy, which may put a little bit of a ceiling on his home runs. I will say, um, you know, some of the stat cast data is decent and he looks um, or has the profile of a guy in terms of, you know, the elevated hard hit rate, um, hitting the ball hard uh, in the air. He's actually has the 18th highest um, exit velocity uh, on uh, fly balls and line drives so far this year. So he could be one of these guys, you know, we've seen it with Christian Yelich, we've seen it with Domingo Santana, we've seen it with some other guys over the years where they have, they run pretty high ground ball rates, but they're able to hit the ball really hard in the air. So just something to note there. When we take a look at the stat cast data, a 328 expected Woba, 253 Woba. So he's definitely underperforming uh, so far. Two barrels, 4.8% barrels per plate appearance and a 112.2 mile per hour max exit velocity. That 112.2, it's not elite, um, but that is pretty solid for max exit velo. And so Again, you know, there is some possibility. I think the most encouraging thing we see is in the StatCast data right there. Um, so as I mentioned, Cooper has battled injury over the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, when you go back, I think a lot of the excitement uh, for folks in terms of having him as a sleeper comes from, you know, his 2017 season in AAA where he just he absolutely crushed it, hit well over 300. I think he had like 17 home runs. Um, just really nice production. Um, you know, and, and this is something that we saw, I think, throughout his, uh, his minor league career. Something that I, I, I always love to see is he was able to provide that type of power and, and do that while maintaining a pretty low uh, strikeout rate and a decent uh, walk rate. And so there's certainly reason to be, um, you know, to have some optimism for Cooper. It seems like the Marlins are going to give him a long leash and they're going to bat him second. So he should get plenty of, plenty of plate appearances. You couldn't choose a worse lineup to be a part of, but you know that's the reason why Cooper probably will get such a long uh, look. As I mentioned, his exit velocity on fly balls and line drives, again, very small sample size, but among hitters with at least five batted balls, his um, average exit velocity of 98.8 mile per hour on fly balls and line drives uh, is 18th among all 
um, qualified hitters at that level. So that's really nice. And then there's some encouragement in the differential between the expected WOBA and the MOBA there. So uh, Cooper, you know, deeper leagues, 15 team leagues plus, uh, probably a guy that, you know, you may want to take and just see what he does if you have a spot open in your outfield or your util. The Marlins, let's check a, take a quick look at their upcoming schedule. Uh, it's decent, you know, starting on Monday, they get San Francisco and San Diego, followed by at Milwaukee, Atlanta, St. Louis, you know, Pittsburgh. So no overwhelmingly strong um, uh, pitching matchups coming up. So he might be a little guy, uh, a good guy to take a run at here in the next little bit. Uh, next up, we have uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, on Twitter, uh, I got asked the question, uh, what is going on with Paul Goldschmidt and Joey Votto brought by at Noki Man? Um, and so this stems from that uh, question. I'll be covering both Goldschmidt and Votto, although Votto is probably the most covered uh, person on the podcast that I can think of. Uh, but we will cover him again. Uh, Goldie, 253 batting average, 349 OBP, 34 runs, 10 home runs, 24 RBIs, zero stolen bases, and 218 plate appearances. The zero stolen bases, you know, is is something to highlight only because I think traditionally, you know, we've looked to Goldie to provide some stolen bases and that has dwindled. And going over to the Cardinals, this was one of the reasons why I had Freddie Freeman ranked ahead of him is because going into the season is because Goldschmidt's stolen bases were going down. He was going to the Cardinals who don't traditionally steal. And so that's not really something that we can look for him anymore, which does, you know, limit his value. He's still a very good hitter, but it does limit his value. O-swing at 29.6%, so right around league average. Z-contact is actually down 4% at 78.2%, worse than league average. His overall contact rate at about league average. You'll note that, you know, you know, where we've seen the increase for him um, in contact has been outside the zone. And so that might explain a little bit of his struggles so far. Um, you know, even though making contact outside the zone, it may keep the K rate down just a little bit. It also may result in weak contact. So just something to consider. Although I say that, and then his hard hit rate is at 52.3%, which is up 6% from last year. So still making decent quality of contact. I mean, that's an elite number right there. When we get into his StatCast data, it's not as good. So I, I hesitate to say that it's elite quality of contact given all of the uh, all of the metrics. The ground ball rate at 40%, uh, so slightly below league average. So in terms of stat cast data, 354 expected WOBA. You know, that's well below where we normally see him. We normally see him around 400. So definitely hasn't had the season that, you know, folks were expecting. 340 WOBA, so he is underperforming slightly. 14 barrels, a 6.4% barrels per plate appearance and a 109.9 mile per hour at, uh, max exit velocity. The one thing to note uh, about Goldie and maybe the thing that I find most concerning in his profile is that that's a three mile per hour drop off uh, from last year in terms of his max exit velocity. Now, obviously he hasn't had 600 plus plate appearances to get that max exit velo up, but he has had plenty of opportunities to make contact. And so that might be a little bit of a concern in addition to the 2% drop in barrels per plate appearance, but that can change really quickly. So overall, no major changes in Goldie's profile. We see the end zone contact rate being down around, down a little bit, but the overall contact rate remains the same. The hard hit rate is up. Um, and, you know, remember last year, early in the season, he really struggled and even his contact then uh, was way down, but, you know, he was able to right the ship later on in the season. And so maybe he just needs 
uh, to settle in a little bit more in St. Louis. Um, maybe he needs a little bit warmer weather. Whatever it is, you know, I don't see any major concerns with the profile. The Statcast data is down a little bit, but again, that can change uh, pretty quickly. So I would just caution, uh, I, or I should would just preach preach patience on uh, Goldie right now. I don't think there's anything alarming in the profile, uh, although we do see a little bit of uh, a little bit of decline so far. Uh, Joey Votto. Uh, this is going to be the last time I cover him in a while, I think, because I'm pretty much giving up on, on Joey Votto. I think a lot of people have. 208 batting average, 318 OBP, 22 runs, 4 home runs, 8 RBI, 1 stolen base, and 195 plate appearances. O-swing, as you would expect, is elite at 19.4%. In-zone contact rate at 86%. His overall contact rate is down 5%, though, at 79.8%. Still better than league average, but down from where we normally see it. Hard hit rate right around league average at 36.7%, and his ground ball rate is at a healthy 36.7%. But where we see you know, the major drop-off, and I think this is just an area that I'm going to have to focus in on more with some of these older guys. But with Votto, the StatCast data, I think, tells the story, and that's just that he's not able to make the same quality of contact, at least on a consistent basis that we um, have seen in the past. A 290 WOBA, 310 expected WOBA, so below league average expected WOBA, nine barrels for a 4.6% barrels per plate appearance, but a max exit velocity of 1069 miles per hour. That's down one mile per hour um, from last year, but his overall average exit velocity. Now that's not something that I normally will talk about just because I think average exit velocity isn't as helpful as some of the kind of higher quality uh, contact metrics. Um, But, you know, it has dropped uh, for him down to 86.9 miles per hour, which ranks 228th out of 303 qualifying batters who have 50 balls in play. And so, you know, when you're getting to that low level or that extreme uh, low uh, in terms of exit velocity, I think it becomes problematic. And then the max exit velo at 106.9, that's even with last year's max. Um, but I think that's part of the problem, right, is we saw the drop-off in power numbers last year that we were hoping uh, would return, and they haven't. And so I think uh, right now, um, right now, I just think you need to hope that he gets that batting average up and that OBP uh, stays keeps him relevant in OBP leagues. You know, he is the leadoff hitter uh, right now, and so he is, you know, he's hopefully getting on base. He could score a lot of runs still, but I think the power metrics are going to stay down. The RBIs obviously aren't there. The stolen bases aren't there. And so that really limits uh, Votto's value going forward. I still think you hold on to him in 12-team leagues, hope that there's maybe a turnaround. You know, there is some value in hopefully an improvement in batting average. Uh, But, you know, again, like I understand in shallower leagues, if if you're looking for other options, given what we've seen from him now over the course of a season and a half. Uh, Clint Frazier is up next, 256 batting average, 288 OBP, 15 runs, 8 home runs, 23 RBI, 0 stolen bases, and 125 plate appearance. The O-swing at 26.1% is solid. In-zone contact rate at 82.9%, slightly below league average, but not terrible, especially for a guy who's hitting for some power. Contact rate overall at 69.3%, so that's well below league average. Hard hit rate, not great, 34.9%, slightly below league average. Ground ball rate, below league average, 38.4%. That's nice to see. Stack case data, nothing too overwhelming. The 335 expected WOBA is really nice, or is not really nice. It's about league average, slightly better. 11 
uh, barrels, 8.8% barrels per plate appearance. That's the nicest. I think a piece of the profile is that level of quality of contact. The 109.1 mile per hour max exit velocity is fine. You know, overall, I think Frazier looks okay. Uh, probably going to lose uh, some at bats here, though, with Giancarlo Stanton hopefully uh, returning to the lineup soon. I say hopefully, but I don't own him anywhere. So I don't know if really it's hopeful, but for all of you out there who do own him, I do hope that he comes back uh, soon, comes back healthy and is able to contribute, although not good enough for the Yankees to be too good. Um, But, you know, uh, the barrels per plate appearance is really nice, especially in Yankee Stadium. Uh, Obviously, you make the most of quality of contact there. Plate discipline is good. It's not showing up in the walk rate so far, which I think is why the expected Woba is lower. Uh, But if he continues at that solid O swing uh, percentage in plate discipline, it should improve. Uh, Contact uh, is below league average, so the the higher strikeout rate is probably here to stay. Uh, Hard hit data and ground ball rate are fine, as I mentioned before. I think the major issue with Frazier moving forward is going to be um, you know, potentially some playing time issues as everybody comes back uh, healthy uh, with Aaron Hicks now, Giancarlo Stanton coming back. Although, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, he probably will play DH. Um, and then Aaron Judge uh, coming back sometime in June, uh, it sounds like. But while while he's playing, he's obviously somebody that I think you want in the lineups. Surprisingly, Frazier is actually performing better on the road than at home, which I found interesting, but small sample sizes. Uh, Glaber Torres, the the Oriole killer, uh, 302 batting average, 342 OBP, 28 runs, 12 home runs, 26 RBI. I think I said 28 RBI, that's 28 runs. Four stolen bases and 194 plate appearances. O-swing at 35.6%. Uh, He's not necessarily notorious for his great plate discipline. In-zone contact rate at 82.1%. That's actually down 4.5% from last year. But the contact rate overall is up 5%. So he's making a lot of contact on pitches outside the zone. Maybe prolonging at bats or you know maybe getting some hits out of it. It's better than a strikeout, that's for sure. So the contact at 75.8%. That, that up. 5% hard hit rate, 44.7%. That, that, that's up 6%. Now the ground ball rate is also up uh, 7%, which is not a good sign, although it is at a, a solid 40%, so lower than league average. Statcast data, 346 expected WOBA on his 380 WOBA. I will say, though, with that with the expected metrics, unlike xstats.org, baseball savants expected metrics are not... Um, are not park adjusted. And so it's not necessarily surprising to see uh, guys on the Yankees outperform uh, their expected metrics. The uh, 16 barrels and 8.2% barrels per plate appearance is really nice. 109.6 max exit velocity. Uh, you know, Torres owners are really ho- hoping, as are the owners of every single uh, player in fantasy baseball, that he can p- face the Orioles uh, every single game. A remarkable 10 of his 12 home runs have come against the Orioles, who he is absolutely owning. Uh, But the production so far has been great across the season because of these games against the Orioles, but it counts the exact same. Um, You know, the batted ball quality is kind of one of the things that I like, the ground ball rate being staying below league average, you know, the barrel rate being high, the contact rate being right around league average as well. You know, that was a concern uh, coming into this year. So, all in all, I think uh, overall solid profile for 
uh, Torres, you know, I think the batting average is going to fall. Um, you know, that's just, uh, I think that's, you know, going to happen with the contact rate that he has right now. And, uh, but, you know, overall, like, can't find a better situation to be batting in uh, than Torres is in right now. And so, you know, he could be a guy, um, uh, you know, he, he could be a guy who makes a little bit of a jump here uh, if he can keep that K rate down. I mean, a 4% drop in K rate is huge. That means he's uh, he's putting the ball in play uh, at least 4% uh, higher of the time, which makes a huge difference um, on uh, on batting average. So uh, next up, Brian Reynolds, uh, a guy who I tweeted about earlier on in the week, 313 batting average, 375 OBP, eight runs, three home runs, nine RBI, zero stolen bases, and 88 plate appearances. Uh, the plate discipline isn't great, uh, 37.8% O-swing, uh, but the contact rate is solid. Uh, in zone contact rate at 83.5%, overall contact rate at 74.4%, slightly worse than league average, but right around there. The hard hit rate has been the calling card so far in his brief uh, major league stint, 52.5%. Ground ball rate right around league average at 42.6%. Statcast metrics, he's got a 385 WOBA, which is really nice, but a 350 expected WOBA, so maybe overperforming a little bit. Four barrels, uh, four and a half barrels per plate appearance, a 108.1 mile per hour uh, max exit velocity. I will say that these stats were taken before he hit his fourth home run, which was a three-run homer um, uh, on uh, on Thursday, and so uh, factor that in. You know, I think. Um, you know, Reynolds has been hot recently. Um, he hit that three run home run. He showed up in last week's expected Woba leaderboards at 522 expected Woba. Again, as I mentioned in the last podcast, I think the, the utility of that expected Woba leaderboard is just to be able to identify some guys that are making some really quality of contact. And that's something that Reynolds is doing. He's hit everywhere in his minor league career with a 300 plus batting average at, at every single stop. And he's hitting the ball here so far in the majors. Um, you know, the stat cast data doesn't necessarily say that, but so far, you know, uh, we're seeing it in both the outcomes and in uh, even the expected well bet 350 being better than league average because you're looking at him really in deeper leagues, right? Your 15 team leagues or potentially uh, 12 team daily leagues. Playing time may be an issue uh, moving forward, you know, as, you know, uh, Starling Marte was out for a little while, as was um, Gregory Polanco, who's been playing really well. And so now that they're both back, you know, there's a little bit of a uh, of a crunch potentially there in the outfield, but uh, he has been getting a decent amount of playing time recently. So roll with him while he is playing, and hopefully he continues to uh, perform. And if you're looking for help in batting average, you could do uh, a lot worse than taking a shot at Brian Reynolds. Uh, Dansby Swanson is somebody um, who came as a recommendation from Matty Wood. Uh, on uh, Twitter, uh, 254. He's got an interesting profile because so much of it is better, but you know we're seeing it in some places, but not necessarily everywhere. A 254 batting average, a 315 OBP, 23 runs, eight home runs, 32 RBI, four stolen bases, and 200 uh, plate appearances. Uh, o swing at 26.7%. That is a huge leap forward for Swanson. Uh, that's a 10% increase uh, in his plate discipline, his O swing. In zone contact rate at 85.6%, so right around league average there. Contact rate overall, a slightly above league average at 78.6%. The hard hit rate is up 8% at 43.8%. The ground ball rate 
uh, is down 7% at 35.6%. So all trends that you like to see, right? Improved plate discipline, contact holding steady, hard hit rate up, hitting the ball in the air more. And we see some of that in the StatCast data. 359 expected WOBA is about 31 or is 31 points higher than his 328 WOBA. 17 barrels and 8.5% barrels per plate appearance, a 108.4 mile per hour max exit velocity. You know, that's not necessarily stand out, but the barrel numbers are really nice. So overall, some really good improvements with Swanson. I think as compared to previous times when he's had a little bit of a hot run, I think some of the skills point towards these being a little bit more sustainable. And he's got that 200 plate appearance, which makes it really easy just to multiply by three to get his 600 plate appearance pace of 24 home runs and 12 stolen bases. And given where you were drafting Swanson, uh, folks will be really excited about that. So he is a a solid home run and stolen base um, contributor, especially in deeper leagues. Uh, I think, you know, he's a guy that you want to keep in your lineup. And who knows, as things warm up a little bit, that may help uh, get the power up even more. All right, that's going to wrap it up for uh, the hitters. Uh, We covered... If I can count really quickly, I think that's seven of them. I'm always really bad at keeping track of that. Now we're going to dive into some of the pitchers that folks suggested on Twitter. Kyle Gibson, 50.1 innings pitched, a 447 ERA, a 125 whip, and 51 Ks. 375 Sierra and a 341 XFIP. The fastball velocity is even this year at 93.7 miles per hour. The O swing at 31.7%. That's slightly better than the average about where he was last year, where we've seen the major gains with Gibson. And I think this is is an important piece is with some of the control metrics. So his first pitch strike rate um, is up 11% at 68.3%, which is really important. He's getting ahead of folks, allowing him um, to hopefully use some of that those nasty uh, breaking and off speed pitches that he has um, more effectively in zone, or his zone percentage is at 38.5%. So still pretty low, but 3% up from last year and every percent uh, matters there. I would still expect him to have a slightly elevated K rate when all is said, or walk rate when all is said and done, just because that zone percentage there is pretty low and the O swing just doesn't do uh, quite enough um, to mitigate that. In zone contact at 88.4%, swinging strike rate at a really nice 12.3%, CSW at a 90, at 29.3%, slightly better than uh, league average, K minus walk rate at 18% which is nice, BABIP at 307, strand rate showing some possible uh, possibilities of some positive regression at 66.9%. The home run per fly ball rate is at 20.5%, but I will note a point of caution on that is that uh, Gibson over the last couple years has had elevated home run per fly ball rate. So last year he was, the last two years he's been around 14%. Um, that's a little bit concerning just because with the uh, with the ball, with redu- reduced drag this year, uh, we could see that home run per fly ball rate be uh, stay higher. So I, th- I think you definitely expect some regression, uh, but not necessarily as much as you would anticipate. And you can see some of this in the 346 uh, expected WOBA, which is not good, and the 324 WOBA. 324 WOBA is right at league average, and so he's actually been under or, or overperforming what he should have been. And so I think a lot of folks were really excited excited about Gibson um, after his um, uh, after he, he threw a real gem 
Um, I can't remember against who it was against. I think it was maybe against Toronto that had everybody talking a little bit. But a lot of the metrics are very, very similar to what we saw last year. Uh, the strikeout uh, metrics are nice at you know, 12.3% for the swinging strike rate. The CSW is nice there. You know, he does give up too much contact when he is in the zone. And so I think that limits the strikeout rate a little bit more than what you might see from another guy who didn't give up so much contact uh, when he was in the zone. He's got a nasty slider and a nasty changeup. Both of them have 20% plus swinging strike rates. And he's been throwing his fastballs a little bit less than in previous years, which I think is helpful. So there are some positive signs um, for Gibson. I think the biggest one is the fact that he's getting ahead of hitters and throwing pitches inside the zone more. The challenge with him is that with some of his breaking pitches, he just can't throw them in the zone um, for strikes. And so um, what you'll see, and I think you've, we've seen this already with Gibson in some instances, is you know he may he he's he's prone to big innings and some blowups in games. Uh, because you know he can't throw the ball necessarily in the zone, so the walks get up there, and then he is prone to home runs uh, and decent babips, decently high babips, and so the result there is often um, you know some pretty bad innings. So he'll toss some gems because he's got some great stuff, especially those secondary pitches. But you know when all is said and done, I think you know pretty much more mediocrity is what you're going to expect. So in 15 teamers, you're definitely holding on to him. I think in 12 team leaguers, he's just somebody that you stream. Uh, maybe see, look for teams that have you know lower walk percentages or lower O swings as a team, um, and you know kind of use him against those guys because those guys are going to chase a, a little bit more outside the zone on him. Uh, Martin Perez is a guy who um, has started off really well, particularly given you know he was um, you know one of the worst pitchers in baseball for a number of years there. 53 innings pitched, 289 ERA, a 126 whip. This does not actually factor in his last start. Um, I, I pulled these stats the day that he pitched. Uh, 53 Ks in those 53 innings, a 430 Sierra, and a 416 XFIP. So important to note that he is, he is outperforming um, those ERA estimators. The fastball velocity overall for the season is at 95.1 miles per hour, so that's up two miles per hour. I did have a tweet, though, because I looked at his game-by-game velocity, and it's definitely going down. Um, It's been in the 94-mile-per-hour range over the last four, and then it was at its lowest... um, uh, ex, uh, lowest velocity yesterday, his forcing fastball was at 93.8 miles per hour. And so, you know, that's just something to to note is that it's not clear whether that velocity increase is going to continue um, for Perez. O-swing at 33.3%, that's up 4%, really nice there. First pitch strike rate up 7% over last year at 66.8%. Zone percentage at 41.7%, so slightly Below league average, but that uh, elevated O swing helps compensate for that. In zone contact rate at 83.3%. That's down 8% from last year and better than league average. Swinging strike rate 11.4%, up 4% from last year. CSW slightly better than league average at 28.8%. K minus walk rate 14.1%. BABIP 293. Uh, strand rate at 80.1%, showing a little bit of likely uh, regression coming there. And then his home run per fly ball rate is really low at 8%. But the expected uh, metrics actually support what he's done so far with a 279 expected WOBA and a 286 WOBA. Again, you know, expected WOBA and WOBA aren't necessarily uh, predictive. And so, you know, it just kind of is descriptive of what he's been able to do, not necessarily what he will do.
you know, I think the key for him this year is that he's got those two pitches, the changeup um, and uh, the cutter that have been, uh, the cutter's been talked about more, but they're both at 15% swinging strike rate for the year. Um, so that's been really nice. The cutter really is the big difference. Um, he's throwing that at a at a good clip uh, this year, and it's been a very effective pitch for him. My major question uh, for him with that cutter is when the if the velocity continues to go down or is not as high as it has been early on in the year, uh, and hitters start to see that cutter and the change up a little bit more, you know, will those pitches be as effective moving forward? I think that's the major question for Perez because so far he's been really good and he's even a, you know, he's really a must own even in 12 team leagues uh, because of how he's been performing. And then that Minnesota offense is probably going to get him a ton of wins. I mean, God, they are fun to watch. Um, so, you know, all of the underlying metrics kind of check out. Um, he's had some really stellar improvements so far this year. I think the key for him is going to be that cutter uh, and whether that is able to continue being a pitch that he can rely on heavily if that velocity uh, does go down a little bit. All right, next up is Domingo Herman. And covering Domingo Herman right now, um, it, does, uh, it does hurt uh, a little bit. Uh, for her mom because last year I was super into her mom. I had him on pretty much all of my teams. I had him in a dynasty league um, and he started off so, 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 so well. And then it went so, 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 so bad. Um, he was like personally responsible for probably one whole run on my ERA over the course of the course of the year because I stuck with him a little bit too long. But this year he's been great. 55.1 innings pitched, a 260 ERA, a .98 whip, 57 strikeouts in those 55 and a third innings, um, 3.86 Sierra and a 378 XFIP. So both of those pointing to a little bit of regression. His fastball velocity is actually down so far this year at 93.9 miles per hour. That's down one mile per hour. His O swing is really nice, 36.7%. Um, really, really nice there. I love that fact about him. I loved it last year. I don't own him anywhere this year. First pitch strike rate at 60.1%, so slightly worse than league average for starters there. In zone uh, zone percentage at 42.8%. Uh, Z contact at 85%, which is actually up 6% from last year. So hitters making a lot more contact in the zone. His swinging strike rate is also down 1.4%. 13.5%. CSW at a very, very nice 31.9% though. So getting called and swinging strikes, best indicator both future uh, for the future uh, of his um, strikeout potential. K minus walk rate at 18.4%. So not necessarily the elite level that we generally, you know, uh, might expect from some of those K rates, but still uh, 4% better than league average. The BABIP is helping him out a good deal, 229 so far, strand rate at 75%, and the home run per fly ball rate at 9.3%. That was a huge issue from last year. Not so far this year. He is due for some major regression according to um, his expected WOBA and WOBA differential. He's been very lucky at 298 expected WOBA on his 243 WOBA, but still a 298 expected WOBA is good for a starter, especially a guy who's going to give you K's and plays for the Yankees. So this is just, it's just painful to see Herman doing so well this year. I feel happy for everybody who's enjoying him this year, but God, I was all over him this year and his skills were even better last year than they were, than they are this year. Um, you know, he's got the nine wins already, which is huge, 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 especially in this context when it is so damn hard to get a freaking win. 
my goodness, I've had like just gem after gem after gem that hasn't provided a win in some of my key leagues this year. And it's just, uh, it's, it's just painful. But putting that bitterness aside, I mean, Herman is due a decent amount of regression moving forward, according to both that expected WOBA and WOBA differential, as well as the BABIP um, and home run per fly ball rate. The skills are great, so I would continue uh, to expect some good uh, strikeout numbers, um, some decent walk rates as well. I think the major question is just going to be whether he can keep uh, the batted ball quality in check because last year it was just uh, out of control. And obviously with the ball having reduced drag this year, that could be a, um, it could be a big issue. So, you know, he may, he may blow up here and there, but hopefully he is able to maintain at least, you know, even if he, he, he even if he, he pitches to that, you know, 386 Sierra and 378 XFIT moving forward with the K numbers and wins that he's giving you and where you drafted him. That's just a absolute bonus. So uh, that is Domingo Herman. Uh, next up, that covers uh, the pitchers uh, that folks had asked about. Uh, three pitchers there, Gibson, uh, Perez, and Herman. Um, for the mailbag, got one question. When to start stashing injured starting pitchers coming later this summer, i.e. Manaya. Uh, Jarrell Cotton, Alex Wood, etc., and who to target. This is from at Ryan Flesh, uh, Flesher um, at uh, on Twitter. Uh, so this is a good question. Um, a lot of this, as with so many questions, is so league format um, dependent, right? You know, in in shallower leagues, I'm not worrying about these guys. I'm not worried about Manaya or Cotton or Wood. In 12 team and 10 team leagues, it's just you know, there's enough uh, of uh, better uh, or reliable options right now to target um, in those leagues on your wa- waiver wire. None of those guys are exceptional uh, and, and need to be um, really uh, held on to moving moving forward. You know, maybe a, a one with a little bit more of a question mark would be Jimmy Nelson. But, you know, again, even with a guy like him, he had a very brief period where he was very, very, very good. But coming back from injury, we just can't have the same expectations for him. And so with these guys in those shallower leagues, I'm really not doing it unless I have an IL swap. Uh, an IL slot, right? I think that's the key thing, yeah, you know, to always be considering, right? Is, you know, there's no reason why you can't pick up one of these guys right now and stash them on your IL if you're not, if you haven't used up all of your IL slots so far. So, you know, those are really the major considerations. Even in 15 team leagues, I'm not necessarily, you know, with Manaya, Cotton, Cotton and Wood, like if I'm in an NFBC, they're just not at the caliber that I would necessarily stash not having an IL slot. But again, if I have an IL slot, you know, and it's open, uh, why not? But I wouldn't necessarily prioritize them over, you know, say a hitter who's injured. Like if if you have Andrelton Simmons on your team, I'd probably stick with him in my IL much longer than I would with a guy like Manaya Cotton or Wood. Maybe in your much, you know, deeper formats like your uh, AL onlys or your NL onlys, they might be folks that you want to take a stab at, but really it depends on how deep your bench is, um, who else you have on your team. Uh, So generally speaking, they're not guys that I have looked to in any of my leagues to be stashing um, so far. And that may be that, you know, they're not available in like dynasty or keeper leagues because they're on somebody's DL. Um, But, you know, I play in a lot of leagues where they don't have IL slots. And so uh, I'm not going to be prioritizing them there. And even in a 15 team league, you know, maybe Alex Wood would be somebody that I'm looking at, but Cotton has not been good necessarily. Manaya was good, but, you know, the injury he's coming back from is 
is is pretty bad and we just don't know how that's going to affect him and so I'd rather take a shot on somebody who maybe unexpectedly is showing some better skills than I would necessarily wanting to hold them on my bench if I don't have uh, an IL slot. So hope that uh, was helpful uh, in thinking through. You know, I think with a lot of these questions, the, the key is just the filters that you're using, right? What are the questions that you're asking yourself uh, to determine whether uh, whether or not these guys are a priority for you and uh, and your team? And obviously, if you need starting pitching help and you're really, really, really desperate, you know, it might be a situation that you want to look to. All right, uh, that is going to wrap it up uh, for the mailbag. Just that one question uh, and those, I think, 10 players uh, that we covered right there. That is going to wrap us up for episode 77 of the Bat Flip Crazy podcast. Uh, thank you so much, uh, as always, for listening. Hope you enjoyed uh, the analysis of those 10 players. Glean something from that, whether it's guys you can target on the waiver wires, guys you want to make a move for, guys you want to sell high on, uh, whatever it is. Um, hopefully that was helpful to you. As And thanks, uh, as always, for folks as they send in recommendations. It's always super helpful for me, you know, taking a look at players that maybe I don't have on my teams that I'm not paying as much attention to or that I just haven't noticed things about. Um, you guys are always really, really great out there at helping me do that. Um, all right. Best of luck with all of your uh, fantasy baseball-ing, uh, uh, and take care and be kind to one another.